0: I get to use Pastor's mic tonight since the other one's dead, so I'm privileged. Almost dead. It's easy to love people when they love you, and I know that this church loves me, and uh, I love you. Yes. And uh, I d- and every time I come back home, uh, I, it's obvious that you guys are. Uh, I just there's there's it's family. It's like coming home to, uh, I mean, it literally is coming home to mom's cooking, but it's also just coming to church. I just enjoy being in church with my brothers and my sisters, and uh, there's nobody like you, and I, I love you very much. <clears throat> Amen. Well, Pastor could have just kept on going. the Weems could have just kept on going. We could have just had church. We almost had church. We almost did. I mean, we're almost but we're I mean, we're not done yet, so we have a chance to I'm just I'm just picking. I'm not being serious. I'm just messing around. Jeremiah 23:28 through 29 is our text tonight. I'll try to uh be short-winded. I don't know how. I don't intend to be long-winded. I sh- I should say it that way. But um I do feel a burden and I know pastor alluded to that and something's just been Stirring in my heart, he came and preached in um, Colorado Springs late last month, I think beginning of this month, right? End of November, okay. And um, he preached a message, and the minute he got up there, um, I felt this just drop in my heart. It wasn't obviously the minute, but it was as he was preaching, this uh, thought started developing. And, um, just kind of took root in my heart and I never felt like it was for springs. I felt like it was for new life. And, um, and so this is something doesn't mean it's any better than usual. It just means it's been brewing longer. So it might actually be a little stale, a little old, but Jeremiah twenty three twenty eight through 29 says the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. He that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Why don't we read that together? Verse 28, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. And uh, that's all we're going to use from that scripture. I was going to read verse 29, but we'll read that maybe later. Why don't we lay our Bibles down and ask the Lord to help us? We need his anointing tonight. I'm not relying on myself. We're relying on God tonight. We need your help. Why don't we lift our voices together? Ask God to have his way tonight. Hallelujah. Why don't we just worship the Lord together tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Savior. I love you, Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Can you thank Him tonight for His presence? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands, all you people. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Come on. He's already given it to us. He's already given us those promises. Why don't we just claim it tonight? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You could be seated. And the pastor made a statement earlier, and I wrote it down. I was not texting. I was writing it on my phone. He said, uh, he just, he said not just talking about it, not just dreaming about it, talking about possessing the land uh, that God has given to New Life Pentecostal Church. He said, we're not just going to talk about it. We're not just dreaming about it. This is, this is something we're going to do. Hey Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I got to preach a couple of weeks ago at, um, in Springs, and I just talked about, you know, we're looking at the end of 2017, the beginning of a new year. Usually, one of two things happens at the beginning and end of a year. Number one, you look at the past year and either think, wow, all these things that I wanted to get done didn't get done, or look how much I got done this year. I mean, it's one of two things. And um, we're all kind of in the same boat together, I think, as far as it relates to church. 2017 was an interesting year. And um, we look back over 2017 and sometimes, I think 2016, 19, 2016 was, uh, I think, the the news uh, agencies, CNN, Fox, all these were calling it the year of chaos because we elected Donald Trump and um, And usually your years, as they begin, are a reaction to the year from before. And um, at least for me it is. I usually analyze my year and just look at it and be like, man, what could I have done differently? How could I have fixed this and this? And so 2017 was a reaction to 2016, but I think it was a little bit crazier for new life. And um, I'm not trying to bring up some bad memories. I'm 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 just making a statement, an observation. And so, um, but in our text, we read a scripture, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 28, and um, says, The prophet hath, that hath a dream, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is a chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Verse 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer, that breaketh the rock in pieces. I was it's interesting that the prophet used these uh comparisons. He said the word of God is like fire. What what is it, fire usually consumes whatever whatever it's burning. And it it's not a quick thing. Sometimes and um in drastic cases it can uh combust and, and, and things can burn up quickly, but usually fire. Uh, is is an ongoing thing and and you see it, and then later on you still see it and it 's still burning and it 's still going it 's still consuming and it takes time to accomplish what it was it was att- uh, intending to do it takes time for fire to consume completely its object and then it said that the word of God is like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. when I worked in construction, it took uh, we, would, we would rip out, Brother J.D. and uh, Brandon worked with me, and we would go and we did residential work, and uh, the primary objective was to replace driveways. If there was a crack in there, we'd jack them up and put some mud under them or, or put some rock something that will stabilize the land, the, the, the concrete, or we'd rip it out altogether and replace it. And when we had to do that, when we had to rip out the entire, um, rip out the entire driveway, when we got close to the house, we couldn't use the big tools like the skidster and the, and the, and the hydraulic jackhammer. I had to get out there because I was the laborman. man. I was the, getting 12 bucks an hour, having to do all the hard work. So ask asked Brother uh, Hilton, I'm sorry, I said Brandon earlier, but Brother Hilton, Pastor Hilton and J.D., who did all the hard work? It was me. So I'm just kidding. But um, they had all the brains. I just was out there to swing a hammer. But so... But every time we got close to the house, J.D. would say, take the sledgehammer and we need to knock that, that part off. And it would be a good two feet from the garage. We didn't want to crack the lip of the garage or, or sometimes it was the entire front porch of a house. Because you can't get up in there with the jackhammer or with the skid steer because you'll dam- possibly damage the house. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to have to repair a house when all you're trying to do is replace a driveway. So it takes time for me as, as the labor man. You get out there with a the sledgehammer, and one swing at a time, and one chunk at a time, take out a porch. And um, it takes time. It takes, it's, it's not one swing or two swings and it's done, but it, it takes a good, and generally, that was half of my day. It was usually unloading the tools, grab the sledgehammer, go up there and start knocking out the porch. And by the time I'm done with that, they've already got the rest of the driveway out. We're setting up the thing and we're going home. And that was that was generally most of my day, and then we'd pour, and the next day we'd do do it all over again. And so uh, Jade is very good; he always had a driveway lined up for us to do. There's very few easy days, but I guess that's how you make money, anyway. So w- my point with all that is that we used a I used a sledgehammer and slowly, whack by whack, smack by smack, I would take out that porch. The objective was to remove the porch. We didn't want it anymore. We're replacing it. We're going to fix it. And, and my uh, weak hands had removed that, that porch. And Jeremiah said, he said that the word of God is like a hammer. And when it comes against a rock, it may not break the first time. It might not break the second time. It might not crumble the third or fourth time. But you keep on hitting that rock. You just let the fire burn a little while, and eventually that object will be consumed. Eventually, you'll clean it out. Eventually, the Word will accomplish what it was sent to do. And that's what Jeremiah was saying, I believe, in this passage. And, 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 but before he said that, before he, he talked about that, he said that if, if a prophet has a dream, let him tell the dream. If a prophet has the word of God, let him speak the word of God faithfully. And then he said it's going to take some time for that to take effect. But you go ahead and let the man of God say what he's got to say. You go ahead and let the man of God keep on preaching. Keep on telling that dream. Because eventually... It may not, you might see the smallest crack and the porch looks so large. But I want you to see eventually, I know from experience, Pastor, I know that if I keep on swinging that eventually that porch is going to crumble. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't care how far-fetched the dream sounds. I don't care how large the dream seems. I don't care how fantasized it may seem like to your ears. You just let the man of God get up and tell his dream. You just let the man of God get up and prophesy. You just let the man of God preach what thus saith, the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I wish somebody could hear me tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we worship the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, I feel the burden of the word of the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah, I feel like God has given a man a dream. I feel like God has given this church a vision with articulate description. And you have direction. You have the way to go. You just let the man of God direct. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And may God set this precedent early on in the pages of the word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 5. The Bible says the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee. Of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. So this is a way I've designed it. This is my plan. I'm going to choose a man. I chose a specific individual. He's human. He's, he's got flaws. There's, uh, there are. He's fallible. He's as human as you and me. Amen. But this is God's plan. This is the way God designed it. This is the way God orchestrated this. Hallelujah. He said, I, God, I will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of you. And, and I'm going to cause you to hearken unto him. This is the way that I want it to work. This is the way that I plan on, on saving my people. This is the way I want my kingdom to operate. Hallelujah. I, I listened to Bishop Howard's message when he came and preached a couple, at the, uh, I believe it was towards the end of November. And, and he mentioned, he's talking about the prophet of the Old Testament, and he said, he made something to this effect, he made a statement to this effect that, that the prophet of the Old Testament was 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 basically the man who heard from God. And he just was basically what we refer to as a preacher. I probably botched that up, and you can go listen to the recording on the website if you want to fix it, but... It was to that effect that the, that the prophet of the Old Testament, the man who, who sometimes there, were, there was a word of wisdom given to him. There, sometimes there was a word of knowledge that was given to him where he could direct the people of God in circumstances where it, was, where, it was, where, it was, where it was hard for them to discern what they should do. Amen. But generally, the purpose of the prophet was to be a voice for God to speak to his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is go, goes directly in line with what I'm reading here in Deuteronomy 18 and 15. I, God said, I'm going to choose a man. He'll be a prophet from the midst of thee. And unto him you shall hearken. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. So these men, and, and this is where Brother, brother, uh, brother Weems a few minutes ago kind of alluded to where I didn't have this really in my notes until I was over here praying. And I just felt like... The, the the very first time that the bible uses the term prophet it refers it's it's in when an angel's talking to Abimelech king of Abimelech and um and the ki- and, and he told the king that he's talking about Abraham and Abraham was referred to as a prophet in the word of god genesis chapter 20 i believe and um and i didn't i don't have it in my notes so you can look it up and fix it if if that's wrong but uh, I believe it's in Genesis 20, that, that the angel tells King Abimelech, you better give that woman back to that man because he's a prophet. What made Abraham a prophet? What was it that made him a man of God? What was it that made Abraham a man that, God called, that the angel of God called a prophet? I may be wrong, and this is pure speculation, okay? But this is what we're going to go with right now. The pastor can correct me if I'm wrong. But... I believe it was because Abraham heard the voice of God. Early on, when nobody else, uh, when his family was settled in Ur, the Chaldees, when his family was was living high in the hog, and they they had it, they were comfortable, they were they were they were settled, they were all right with where they were. That Abraham heard some calling, some voice uh, somewhere, and he had a dream. He had something that he wanted to do for God. God said, Abraham, I've got a land that you don't know anything about. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what what how productive it is. You don't know. How you can make a living there, but I'll show it to you. I'm going to show this land to you. And Abraham, based on a word from God, took a step of faith and went out into the wilderness. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Didn't know where he was going. He couldn't even tell Sarai where we we're going. He said, "I don't, I don't know, but God is going to show me." That's a crazy dream, Abraham. What do you think you're going? Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, uh, when the man of God uh, steps into this white pulpit uh, with the word from God, uh, I wish somebody would say, Pastor, wherever you go, I'm going. You just let me know. Show me what to change. Show me where to adjust. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Why don't we worship the Lord here just for a moment? Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Lord! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! A man that God chose, prophet of God. Amen. The thing that makes him a prophet is the dream that God gives him, the the word, the voice that he can be to a certain group of people. Amen. Hallelujah. So how do we know if it's just a man? Can any man call himself a prophet? Oh, I had a dream, and uh, you ought to listen to me. That goes on a lot more than you think. Amen. The Bible gives us a description in, in Matthew, or Deuteronomy chapter 18, 18 through 22, and tells us, and this is what I love about God's plan, God's kingdom, that He's just completely transparent. He just lets us know this is how you'll know. This is how you know if He's a prophet of God. I will raise them up a prophet, verse 18 of Deuteronomy 18, from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in His mouth, and He shall speak unto them all that I shall command Him. First of all, the prophet of God, will say everything God gives to him. Verse 19. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Okay? So it sounds like it's pretty important make sure that if you're claiming what you're saying is in the name of the Lord, you better be right, or you better not be speaking in in the name of a false God, all right? And verse 21 says, and if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? How do we know which is which? Verse 22, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet Hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay? And and the reason, and Pastor, you just pull my coat tail, just let me know when I get off base, okay? But the reason I bring this up, and I, I almost just went over it, but I think it's important for us to understand this. For us to recognize from the pages of God's word. Amen. It's as black and white as it can be, it's as clear as it can be, amen, that we can identify, amen, who is, who is saying what thus saith the word of the Lord, and who is not, amen, amen, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting, amen, that we ought to sit back and, and be like, well, I've heard that one before, let's just see how it passes by. No, that's not what God is suggesting that we do. What he's trying to let us know is that if the man's wrong, if the man's saying something out of the will of God, I'll take care of it. He said the prophet will die. Whether spiritually, physically, but that's not our department. It's not our job to sit there and kick back and judge whether or not this is the word of God or not. You just sit there and you believe in God's word. You do what the word of God is to tell you to do. And you just wait and let God work it out. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I know this is awkward. I understand what I'm facing here. But I want you to understand. I feel, I really feel this. If I'm wrong, my pastor will correct me. But I want you to understand, child of God, amen, that this is one of the greatest adversaries. You can be one of the greatest adversaries to success in the kingdom of God. And then when we're sitting back and judging, well, I don't know if he said that one before. I, let's just wait and find out. I've heard about revival. I've heard this word. uh, I don't know how many times in 2017. We'll wait. Halfway to 18 and I haven't seen anything. Yeah, but what are you doing about it? Are you just sitting there waiting or are you... Are you sitting there judging? Or are you doing something? Are you acting based on what the man of God said? I'm not just going to talk about it anymore. I'm not just dreaming about it anymore. I've got something to do. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Since uh, I've been a baby, he's been my pastor since I was three years old. And I've heard the same message over and over and over. I've heard the same dream retold over and over. And I want you to know, somebody, the dream's not going to change. Hallelujah. It's what you do with the dream. It's whether or not you can get your vision aligned with the dream of the man of God hallelujah 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 well it's tuesday night we're not we're not in the right mode we ought to see if we can gear this down a little bit lower hallelujah hallelujah numbers chapter 12 read a story Amen. and miriam and aaron verse 1 spoke against moses because of the ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman, apparently the racist. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard that. The Bible says the Lord heard it. They said, well, look at that. I don't agree with what Moses is doing. I don't like, I don't like that woman he's hanging out with. I don't, I don't, like, that, I don't like that Ethiopian woman. I don't agree with everything Pastor's doing. I don't agree with how he's, he's taken back over and, 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 and adjusted things. And, and, and I just don't agree with all that. And so Miriam and Aaron started consulting with one another. You know what? I, I remember one time, Aaron says, I remember one time we were in the land of Egypt, and God called me a prophet. He said, I will be the prophet. Moses will be to them like a God, and I'll be the prophet. And um, so Aaron said, you know what? God's used me to talk before. What's the difference between me and Moses? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's the difference between uh, me and Moses? I, I want you to understand, Aaron, that, that it, and, uh, Pastor, I'm serious. You preach That, Aaron, I, I your spirit. Needs to be checked. Your your attitude, Miriam, needs to be considered because because the objective and the goal that you're trying to achieve is not the dream of this man of what Moses is trying to accomplish. We're trying to get to from the land of bondage into a promised land. I'm trying to get to, from the history of slavery into a fr- future of freedom. And 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 Aaron and Miriam saying, you know what? I'm interested in I'm interested in. A, Hanging out here a little longer. I'm trying to kind of like it around here. They, they, were, they were captivated with this sense of power, this, this, this idea of I'm going to control the people of God. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. And Moses said, you guys don't even see what I'm trying to do here. God gave me direction. God gave me a dream of a promised land. And you guys are trying to sit us down right here. And I'm just trying to take us farther. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah and later on and god took notice of what was going on and in verse six he said hear now my words if there is a prophet among you i the lord will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream i've given my man a dream i've let you know who the prophet of god is i want you and everybody else to know that it's not miriam and it's not aaron but moses is the one with the dream Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can read verse 7. I understand that he says, and not Moses. But you look at it in context. He was saying that he's more than just another prophet. He's more, I've spoken to him face to face. I've given him directed messages. I've let him know from my own mouth where I want to take Israel. Hallelujah. 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 You can read in 2 Chronicles 18, we're not going to take the time where two kings, king of Judah, king of Israel, Ahab and Jehoshaphat going into battle. They were looking for an answer. They are looking for a word from God. Can we overcome these people? And I'm telling you, the prophet of God, the man of God is always going to have somebody who's got another opinion, who's got another voice, who's got some different directions, got some grand ideas on what God can do with this people. But you just listen to the dream that God's given to the man of God. I'm telling you, if it doesn't come from these lips, it's not—it's not what you ought to be listening to. If it contradicts with what the man of God has to say, you ought to double check your sources. You ought to make sure that it's really, really what it what it seems to be. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Verse 13, these two kings looking for some answers. And then, and, 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 and some, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat uh, talking to Ahab. They, all these prophets, I think it was like 400 of them, come up and say, yeah, go for it. You're going re- to have revival. You're going to have victory. You're going to take over this land. And, uh, and Jehoshaphat, is, is there not a real prophet? Out here, there's something not ringing true. Jehoshaphat double checked what he was listening to. He he made sure that it was from God. He understood amen the, the importance of what was about to take place. He said, Is there anybody that's had a that's heard from God? I want to hear somebody say, Thus saith the word of the Lord. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth in verse 13, as the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. Hallelujah. And skip down to verse 16. Then he said, I did see. I had a dream. There was something that God spoke to me. I saw this. I saw this one time in prayer. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you chapter and verse, but I felt something deep in my spirit. And it was a dream from God. And, and I saw the people of Israel scattered on the side of the hill. And they were looking for their leader. They were lost. They didn't know where they were at. And Jehovah Saphat said, that's it. I heard the word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Friend, if it's not aligning with the dream that God's given the man of God, with the dream that God's given the prophet, amen, you better double check it. Hallelujah. 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 Jeremiah 1 and 5. I want you to understand the pressure. I want you to understand the pressure that the people of God can put on a genuine prophet of God. In Je- Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed thee in the valley, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah, you were handpicked by God from birth. You had a calling on you from the day you came, you were born. Lord. Amen. But there was something about this notable prophet. There was a word that was burning deep. There was a dream that he had. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. And and Jeremiah got out, and, and he preached to this crowd, and they wouldn't hear it. And he came over here, and, and he preached to this crowd, and they wouldn't hear it. And he got up on Sunday morning, and he preached, and they didn't hear it. And Sunday night, he preached, and they didn't hear it. Said, you know what I, I'm just not gonna, there's something about this. They they don't want to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 20 and 90 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Amen. But that's not the way this works. Amen. When a man of God decides, you know why they don't want to hear it. They they just don't want to hear it. Amen. Listen, it's not for, it's not for, it's not, we're not, it's not. I'm sorry. We're not preaching to tickle your ears. It's not a, it's not a message that is sent forth just to, just to make you feel good and, and have better hope for 2018 and have more, more goals and, and lofty ideas for this new year. But, but when the man of God gets up with a dream, I know you've heard it before. I know the message has already resounded in your ear, but you've got to preach it again. Why? Because it's burning. It's something that's deep. You can't get it out until we see it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And listen, friend, I'm not trying to be rude or crude. I'm not trying to be mean. I I, I, I know God knows my heart. I'm not preaching from a, a hateful attitude. But I want you to understand that if you don't respond to the dream, that God can move someone else, move you out and move someone else in. Again, I don't want you to hear that from, from me just screaming at you in hateful speech. That's not the attitude that I preach that in. What I'm saying is that there's a dream that's been, that's been stirred, that's been going over and over and over that we've heard again and again. And I'm just wondering how long is it going to take before that dream that's been preached, the word of God that's been preached, the prophet, has stood behind this pulpit with a vivid description of what that dream is. How long is it going to take for that dream to become your vision, become your reality? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why is it that so many people want to come to America? Why is it that people want to live here? It's the land of the free, home of the brave. It's the land where the American dream can be realized. It's, it's where dreams can become reality. Hopes. I've always wanted to be an astronaut. Come here, go to the right schools. Work for NASA and you can. Just takes a little bit of willpower. Takes a little bit of work. Takes a little bit of time. Amen. Whatever you want to be, you can be here in the land of the free, and how much more in the kingdom of God. That is the difference between dreams and reality. Amen. Whatever you want in the kingdom of God, God makes, God gives us divine power. Amen. The Bible says, and you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Nothing, nothing can hurt the people of God. Nothing can stop. The, there, there are distractions. There are things that can sway us. There are things that can pull and vie for our attention. But I want you to understand, ultimately, the child of God is at liberty to accomplish the will of God. Bishop Howard always says, the will of God is always doable, and it's always affordable. Amen. It's, it's not just some far-off lofty idea. This is something that, become, that can become reality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. One more passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 16, verse 16 through 17, and then skipping down to 1931, a long passage of Scripture. The law and the prophets were until John, Jesus said. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. Every man presseth into it. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. Let's get down to verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass beggar died. It was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus was in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that He may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father... Thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham had an interesting response. But the, the man that was in hell said, "I want you to send a, I want you to perform a miracle. I want you. I want you to go beyond just don't want just a message." I want you to do something awesome. Raise Lazarus from the dead and send him back to my brothers. And they'll hear him. And um, logically, that makes sense. It does seem like it would be more effective to have somebody come back from the grave and get your attention. But Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. I mean, this is a principle that's throughout the pages of God's word. I mean, many times we come... To the house of God. And we expect some thrilling feeling. We expect something extraordinary to grasp our attention. We, in order for me to have revival, I expect uh, the supernatural. I'm going to see something that I've never seen before. But in reality, I want you to understand that revival comes from the prophet of God. From the preached word of God. The same dream being told over and over again. But the difference between revival and not having revival is, that, is the, those that are listening to the dream and saying, I want that. I want that to be more than what's just preached about and talked about and dreamed about. But I want it to be reality. I want to live that. I want to become what he's talking about. There's something about that message that burns something deep inside of me that I'm not just satisfied sitting on this pew, but I'm going to get out into the streets of Olatha. I'm going to do something about this being just a dream. Hallelujah. 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 Abraham. Send somebody back from the dead. Send, man, if, if, if we could just see something, mir- some kind of miracle, something awesome, I could tell my friends. I, that, I would tell my friends about that. I don't know if we bring them to church now that something would happen. I, I don't really know. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> no, no, but, but I, no. I w- I'll, tell, I'll tell somebody. If, if we see somebody raised from the dead, then guess what? I'm going to tell everybody. Susie Shaw was raised from the dead in that bathroom back there. Have you told anybody about that? Amen. You know why that happened? Amen. Because a man was prophesying about his dream. We had a dreaming prophet in the pulpit that morning preaching a message. He was preaching what that saith, the word of the Lord. And somebody called to him from the back, said, there's something going on in the bathroom. We need your assistance. Walk back there. In Jesus' name. Boom. The miraculous happened. Hallelujah! There was a lady a couple years ago. Amen, brother. Mike Herring was here. He was preaching a message about. I don't even remember what he was preaching. He was preaching a revival for us. And this lady by the name of Jolene is that her name? came in came in and I haven't seen her since but but she came in one night and she had a problem with one of her eyes and she couldn't see I believe it was her right eye she couldn't see out of it and she came up for prayer and the man of God laid his hands on her and I watched I sat right there and I watched as she blinked once and the eye popped open she said I could see Man, we've seen the miraculous. Amen. But what are we doing about it? The dream is being realized right before your eyes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. We oftentimes stop with where there is no vision, the people perish. But we forget about that last phrase, but he that keepeth the law. He that can sit through a Sunday morning Bible study. He that can listen to the man of God tell his dream again and again. Hallelujah. And believe it, that, that is what thus saith the, the word of the Lord. It's more than just time spent on a pew, But this is an opportunity. This is another chance. God is speaking to me. I hear the voice of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise tonight. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It seems that to me that keeping the law of God and hearing the man of God when he preaches is a key to obtaining a vision and not perishing. Joel chapter twenty, that Joel chapter two, verse twenty-seven says, "And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed." Amen. Once you receive a revelation of who He really is, then it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit God said you want to know how to have revival Listen to a one God message on a Sunday morning. When you realize that it's me, the one God that created the universe, that wrapped himself in flesh, that spilled his blood on Calvary, when you recognize the power, that's when I'm giving a man a dream. That's when you start seeing a vision. There's a color that's coming through. Hallelujah. 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 I heard an old, I heard pastor say this one time that his old pastor say said this dream big, son. Dream big. Pastor, I want to reiterate that. Dream big. I want you to dream as big as you can. You know why? Because in, in that dream is where my vision lays. And I'm a visionary. I want to see revival. I want to see a breakthrough. I want to see something big. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know this is a familiar passage of scripture. We can all stand here tonight. I mean, Ezekiel chapter 37, and the Lord was upon me, carried me out to the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, which is full of bones. I know I preached about this the last time. Pastor preached about it when he came out to Springs, and I'll preach about it again. Verse 2, and caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in the open valley. Lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, get down in there. I want you to lay hands on them. I want you to do a jig. I want you to perform a miracle. No. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Bones live. He said, oh Lord, thou knowest. Then he said, okay, prophesy. I've given you a dream, son of man. I've given these people a dream. Verse 13, he says, verse 11, he says, Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. These bones laying around in this valley have arrived at a conclusion. No more hope. All hope for revival is gone. I don't even believe it anymore. I don't even trust it anymore that's that's it's too far gone heard it too many times i've heard that dream so many times that all hope is gone we're cut off for our parts and so verse 12 he said therefore my lord i feel the holy ghost He said, because their hope is gone, because they don't have any direction, because they're laying around and they have no hope, therefore prophesy. Preach it again. One of those dry bones, Pastor, (laughs) they're going to feel a slight breeze blow over them. That felt pretty good. Man keeps on preaching. Here comes another breeze. Whoa, that felt good. And and, and in my mind, Pastor, it seems like I heard more than just God say, Son of man, prophesy, but maybe one of those bones cried out, Preach it again. I want to hear that again. Say something about the wind of the Holy Ghost. I want to feel that breeze again. I want to feel the touch of God again. I want to feel that old familiar touch. The man says in verse 7, So I prophesied as I I was commanded. It didn't look promising. I didn't have a whole lot of hope even while I was prophesying. But as I was prophesying, in spite of what I saw, I went ahead and preached anyway. And as I prophesied, I started hearing something. There was a noise. And then I started feeling something. There was a shaking. There was a noise, and there was a shaking. And then there was some movement. There was this one over here no longer separated from this one over here. They came together. They started forming a structure. So that encouraged me. I kept on preaching. There's only one God. Jesus is His name. If you want to save your friends, if you want to save your lost loved ones, if you want them to find hope, if you want them to find salvation, you've got to get out that old dream and let them know, listen, there's only one God. I know you've been taught otherwise. I know tradition says otherwise, but there's only one God. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let me show you how. You know how I can show them? Because I've heard that dream over and over and over. Matthew 28, 19, it doesn't mean Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Baptize them in the titles. Those are just titles. Becca. Those, are, those are representation of a name that's so much greater than any other name on earth. It has so much more power than any traditional that any traditional title or formula. Hallelujah. Man, I'm starting to feel pretty good. It's starting to feel like church in here. You can leave if you want to. If you're, if you're not feeling what I'm feeling, you can go ahead and check out. That's fine. Amen. But I want the Holy Ghost to, to close out the year 2017 and, and realize a dream that's been a resounding in this room for years and years and years. When I beheld, I watched them come together. Sinews and the flesh came upon them on the bones and skin covered them and above, and there was no breath in them. Wasn't done. Oh well, now a Pastor's gonna get up again on Sunday and preach preach about the Godhead. Well, that's what the man of God, that's what God told him to preach. I believe it's the word of God. How about you? I believe that when the man of God gets behind this pulpit, this is the word of God. I'm not going to sit back and judge it. I'm not going to question it. I, that's not my department. What I'm interested in is seeing souls saved. What I'm interested in is filling these altars with lost souls. People that are lost. And they don't have this dream that I have. They don't have this vision that I have. They don't have this revelation. But they're, they're looking for something. They're hopeful for something. Amen. So no breath in him. He said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Wow, that's a crazy dream. I was talking to the wind. What a crazy person. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And the Bible says they lived. And stood up on their own feet. And I mean the dream that the man of God had been... It's been called a prophecy for a reason. Because it's not existent yet it's not there it's not realized yet they're just bones laying around skin flesh things on the ground but as a man prophesied as a man preached the same message over and over and over again he prophesied and he probably i don't i know i don't see these full. i know that revival is not yet completely realized but i'm gonna keep on preaching I see some movement over here. I see some shaking over here. I hear a wind coming from the east. I I hear a wind coming from the south and the north and the west. And it's, it's coming from everywhere. Come on, child of God, let's reach out to the Lord. Let's put our faith in his word. I'm not trying to be dramatic for effect. I'm trying to help you realize that the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. The Holy Ghost is speaking to New Life Pentecostal Church. That same message you've heard year after year. Yes, I'm preaching it again. I don't know about you, but Brother Weebs, I want to see revival in 2018. Amen. You can come around to this front if you feel like it. Hallelujah. Let's let the Holy Ghost breathe on.